All right, here we are. Another episode of the Armbar Podcast. This is Vic. This is Alex O. This is Mike. So uh, we we uh, we took a road trip down to San Diego. Uh, we're visiting Victory MMA, and we're fortunate enough to have Mr. Dean Lister. Dean, welcome to the Armbar Podcast. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> the deep voice. All yeah. right. Yeah. I've been hanging around Jocko too much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're a corner here, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Here with Jocko, we have uh, a couple of owners. All of them, or most of them, are, are prime military. So, uh, yeah. Um, that, uh, for some reason, in San Diego, it's, it, I think it's the biggest uh, community of military in, in the, uh, of the nation as far as the the amount of bases here. So, so we have you have so many uh, military personnel in the ca- town. It's it's pretty cool. And you're a military brat yourself, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And your father was in the Corps. My dad, Richard Lister, was in the United States Marine Corps. Right. I was born in Camp Pendleton, um, here, you know, very close to San Diego, and moved around the world with my dad. I came back for high school uh, to San Diego, so I was born here, and I was uh, I went to high school here. So I guess I'm from here. That's okay. Cool. <laughs> what, what was it like being a brat? It was confusing as a kid because as soon as you get like, you know, after a year. Let's say now you you have your couple good friends. To, you know you don't. I wasn't a pretty little girl like my sister, so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't get friends in a week. You know. Then again, though, I guess I you know uh, you get I think better long term friends because the boys. I don't know how it is now, but almost all the my friends. I mean, I got in fights with them mm-hmm. and then became friends later. Yeah, yeah. and that it's might, not, might it's be, not like that nowadays, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just call the principal and unfollow you. That's true. Your life is never yeah. the same yeah. after that. So, I wonder if in high school, like that's the thing, like who has the most Instagram followers in high school? Yeah, that's, that's how, that's how it is. is huh? yeah, yeah. I, I talk to my nephews, man. That they're they're Damn. teens, and it's like that, man. Well, high school is yeah. a popularity contest, right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just a different mm-hmm. type of popularity now. So. Popularity. Oh, yeah. so going going back to that, you traveling around the world, did that spark the jujitsu um um it, um hunger for you? It sparked the, the the need to defend myself for sure. Okay, and that's I said this before in several venues, but. It's it's not a poor me type well poor me you know it's not it, oh I had a heart no it's not at all it's actually I'm glad I went through certain things and maybe mm-hmm. change or uh, maybe accept a few realities basically growing up in South America oh. I lived in Venezuela for two years I lived in Panama oh, wow. Panama Venezuela Panama. Panama Panama for two years I lived during the invasion in '89 in Panama wow. right in the middle of it too we weren't like safe like what? most of the other. Yeah, by the way, they don't call gringos; they call Yankees. Yankees, yeah, Yankees. Yankees. Yankees go home. Yeah, but technically, you guys are all Yankees too because you're, you're Americans. <laughs> yeah, but um, that was that was the slur for us. A Yankee. I'm like, God, oh, someone calls me that. That's, it's gonna be a fight now. <laughs> and I didn't speak Spanish, but instead of going, oh, you know, I don't want to learn Spanish. I don't want to learn how to fight. I I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn, uh, you know, how to know what people are saying around me because it's it frustrating for years and years of your life. Where you don't know what people are saying, and I lived in Brazil. I speak Ooh. Portuguese. I live in France. I speak rudimentary French as well, and rudimentary Croatian. So I've been all around the world, Damn. you know, traveling as a fighter and also as a military kid. So uh, it wasn't about me beating people up. It was actually learning how to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's it's actually I know it's not popular to say it nowadays, but I think it's it's a really good thing to go through experiences that are not easy. And they develop you as a kid, a young man, or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, I, I don't know. Um, it seems to me, if you if you talk to most of the the upper level fighting fighter fighting athletes of the world, 
that are really accomplished, they've been through some some pain and some misery, most of them. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're gonna usually uh, you're gonna find some cooler people, actually more more uh, mild mannered than you think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So so I'm very fortunate actually. But that's what happens when you you go up and and, and if if USA, our country is invading Panama, what's happening in December of '89. Yeah, that was. I mean, and all the all the kids. I mean, we were thirteen, fourteen years old. Uh, everyone had a relative that died. So oh, there were thousands wow. of Panamanians died, and we yeah. lost eighteen people. Yeah. Uh, one of my teachers got killed. So, so everyone had an uncle or aunt or or a nephew that died, and so um, you became. Yeah, I, w- yeah, I was yeah. the incarnation of evil. So, <laughs> so I represent Uncle Sam or whatever. I was like, I don't yeah. speak Spanish. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. So yeah. and and people don't. D- can't see you obviously they can hear you but they could google you but you're not a small person mm. you know that is dean this uh nickname is the boogeyman but uh he's he's, he's you're big you know <laughs> you're 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 buff you know and so i already know the story because you've told me before and i've heard it too but how were you like what was your your, your physique growing up and especially around that time i was known as a, as a scrappy tough little kid but mm-hmm. but i was i was socially awkward mm-hmm. so, socially awkward Maybe I am to this day, but at the time I was I was definitely smaller than the other kids. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you get picked on. And once again, I don't want to make this up. Oh, poor me! Yeah. I feel sorry for us. I do not at all. Actually, I'm, I'm actually glad. And even then, I know kids, some kids had much worse than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have seen the point of view where you're the, you're the complete outsider, and because of that, I've seen it all around the world. I've been I've been to like 44 countries now. Even in the military terms, that's a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. My, my, dad, my dad was like 22 or something. That's a lot, too. But I've seen this all around the world. I, I mean, I've been to five continents. I've seen it's human nature. Mm-hmm. There's certain differences, but there's also, uh, you know, people are also the same around the world. And when you say, like, you, you, you're glad it happened, is that you're glad that it happened because it made you stronger. You're not happy that it happened, but you're glad that you're able to survive it because, uh, I mean, people, like you said, like, you have to go through some stuff to really appreciate the opposite, you know? Yeah. And, um, oh, man, I lost my train. Well, oh, like, like in jiu-jitsu, people say, like, oh, we're ground fighters, we're ground fighters. And I used to say that, too, until I realized, like, man, I'm, I don't like to consider myself as a ground fighter. I like to consider myself as a ground survivalist because all it's about is just surviving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm just a survivalist, man. There we go. Uh, well, on the point of jiu-jitsu, but also on the point, when I was, when I was 18, I got my first real job. And just, well, just, I mean, a busboy. Mm-hmm. But there's professional busboys that that's their life, and you come in there, and they're, they're not really trying to help you. No, and you have to you have to work really hard. And the fact that a lot of kids my age didn't have to learn that, maybe they, they got everything just given to them. Exactly. The fact that I learned that made me appreciate things more. Mm-hmm. Then again, it's once again not a poor me story. There's kids <laughs> who have there's kids who live on like less than a dollar a day in yeah, certain countries. Yeah. yeah. And and they're and they're relatively happy. You'd you'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Um, in the sense of jujitsu, if if I'm losing by a certain move by a heavier, stronger guy, yeah, you know, I, I don't like it at the moment. But I'm glad when I overcome that and find a way to beat that, and mm-hmm. I get stronger. Yes. See, so I'm glad I went through it. It wasn't fun. I'm not even unhappy. I went through it. I'm I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad that I found a way to improve myself. That's the bottom line. And it's a sickness, you know, like I tell people, like if you really, if the ones are going to survive, you have to have like a certain kind of virus, a certain kind of sickness of like enjoying, you know, having someone bigger, heavier, stinkier, hairier than you on top of you and learning from that, you know, you know, this, 
the, there's a pretty side of jujitsu and there's the ugly side that goes on. You know, like when the sweat goes in your ear and your mouth, you know, oh. certain positions where they're, you have their butt in your face, yeah, balls in your face. Yeah. And it's like, and like, outside looking at it, like, oh, that's so, that's so weird. That's I would never do that. for you, that's though. A, that's <laughs> a, no, it's Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday night. My daughter's on Saturday. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, but, but then to, to keep going after that, you know, like, I crave getting tapped, you know, like um, moving up into the ranks. But even when I first started, you know, Brian Ortega, you know, was like 100 pounds and I was a man out of the Marine Corps and this kid was just, beating me up and then some people get demoralized i i, I was like dude this is fucking cool you yeah. know so well it's, it's funny um i don't know if jocko did, didn't say the uh the chinese water torture story he didn't tell no, you no no let's hear that I, he said I, you want to tell us i used to be uh one of my better positions is the mount mm-hmm. and also i have a fighting mount so I, could, I could also throw punches from there yeah. as well um well, I get mad on Jocko. I'll go, Jocko. And he, he, he looks down like you mother. And he, he doesn't even make <laughs> eye contact with me. I'm like, Chinese water torture. <laughs> and he's like, Dean, don't do not do it. I'm like, it's too late. It's started already. And he's like dripping. And I aim for his eyeball. He's like, motherfucker. And I'm like, oh. Oh. And he's, and he's like, oh. <laughs> motherfucker. Of course, he doesn't like it at the time, but yeah. it's, it's just a story. Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff. And Jocko has used this on his podcast um, that – that I'll do to my worst enemy or to my best friend. Yeah, no, yeah. Not in the middle because yeah, yeah. you haven't earned weird. the pleasure, but you also, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to really scrap and make it into a bad level either because, yeah. yeah, so, so I'll, I'll reserve some of the more shacked up stuff for my, my good friends. There you yeah. go. And they'll do it back to me, Jocko, yeah, yeah. but we're all friends and it's, it's fine. Um, but otherwise, it would be it would be for someone you're trying to be actual cru- actually yeah, cruel, cruel to. Yeah. So, so I, you, I tell my sorry, I, I kind of piggyback enough of that. Like, I'll, I'll, if I take someone's back or anything like that, I'll whisper in their ear. Let my jujitsu inside of you. It makes them go a little more crazy and stuff like that. You get so frustrated. So, and that's weird because yeah, I tighten my that person that. <laughs> has to realize that's a form of psyops, right? Yeah. There. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> because if you just go crazy, you can get choked out yeah. easier. Yeah. If you go, just block it out. Don't make eye, eye contact. Just don't look. All right. Don't. <laughs> and you're gonna find a way out of it. And of course, the whole time uh, when I get to his it. back, it's gonna be game on. Too, yeah, yeah. Game on. Just that's, Josh. That's, it, that's the fun of it. Right? Just Josh. <laughs> That is the fun of it. Yeah, so right so, on. Yeah. So you told us um, uh, why yeah. you, you started your jiu-jitsu journey. Tell us where where that started and stuff like that, how that came yeah. about. Well, so, uh, um, with uh, my first, well, actually my only professor, Fabio Santos, here in Mission Valley. It's a, it's a more of a uh, business area of San Diego. And that was back in December of 95. I wow. actually started a year before that, but I was just doing open mat. I didn't have any money. I was a busboy. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. So yeah. I was, you know, I was paying the ten dollar fee to do open mat. It was cheap back then for the just the open mat. The jitsu itself was was decently priced, but but uh, I could only afford open mat. So about a year of open mat, I was already two time that. You no, know, one time I became second time national sambo. You guys know what sambo is, mm-hmm. yeah. Russian martial. Yeah, yeah. Samba. Samba. No, but uh, just just with Jocko, it's a it's a funny thing. I probably shouldn't have told him this because he doesn't like this this joke. Technically, it's true that I saw battle before him because <laughs> when yeah. I was in, when I was in eighth grade, I, I I was in the middle of the Panama. It was oh, there oh you go. that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it was, right. It was, it was, it was, so he, he was like in high school, I was in junior high, so so he's like, yeah, what? But of course, I've seen less than one one yeah. thousandth of yeah. what he's seen. Yeah. But technically, he started yeah. jiu-jitsu before me. 
Uh, see? Uh, by like two years because he's a little older. See, that's, yeah, I'm yeah. rationalizing already. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, a little yeah, older. It's that's a balance. Why. It's a balance. Yeah. So, of course, he's badass <laughs> in jiu-jitsu. Uh, but uh, we're just good bros for a long And I think the reason we became like bros really fast is because we would uh, – I said this uh, with him on his podcast, I believe. But he's one of the very few guys – not the only, but one of the very few guys that if I have a favorable position and we roll out of bounds – he will insist that I, that we start in the bad position. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, that's their way out of it. Yeah. They'll yeah. start and they'll improve their arm position, or or you know, that, because that's their way to have it easier. Yeah. And I'll, I'll the same thing. If Jocko has a better position on me, I feel insulted if he wants to start and you know, yeah. you, oh, you want to start even? We'll offer that to each other. Like, hey, if if you want to, you know, you, you can be on top. And no, but I was personally like, hell yeah, that's that's an mm-hmm. easy way out of it. And it's it's a joke because after training with Jocko for so long. I've been caught a few times offering that as a sarcastic to someone. <laughs> like, oh, if you want. And, like, oh. and I'm like, oh, now I'll let them start. Yeah. But I'm like, I am like, I just gave away my position for free. Yeah. And this person, some people, some people think it like, like, I understand their point of view. But Jocko and I, we want to we earn our way out of, out of something. Mm-hmm. And that's right. a, a good perspective for someone who is a wrestler doing jiu-jitsu and they want to be on top all the time. I say, mm-hmm. Start on bottom and earn the top yep, position. There you go. Exactly. I'm not saying top is bad. Yeah. No, no, earn it. Start mm-hmm. on your back every time. And then eventually they're like, ah, I earned the takedown. I earned the top position. So mm-hmm. there's always a way to look around things like that. So, yeah. So yeah. And then one of the, um, the, the good memories I have of you, man, is uh, it's a metamorphosis. Uh, when you went against uh, Shanji. Shanji, yeah. And, and, and Dean's um, arm was fully extended, by the way, fully extended. And there was the time uh, was, was, um, was going on, of course, you know. Arm lock from the mouth, from the side, I'm sorry. Fully yeah. extended, lifting his hips up and use Dean's like this. I think you went like this. You shook your finger like no or something like that one uh, time, I think. That, that was a different match. But yeah, different. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, and then um, I think I talked to you bad. after. My bad. No, it's okay. But, but, but Shanji <laughs> was an arm lock too, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So, But you didn't tap to that The arm lock, the, it actually became like, it's a meme. I know it's it's like a motivational poster. But oh, I, it, yeah. it's, where, it's where I'm like this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, exactly, see? Like, and I wasn't being a smart-ass to Shanji. I respect him a lot. I was actually just in an Umba Plata. For anyone who doesn't, well, mm. people listen to this know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Plata, and it's in deep, but my left hand's doing nothing, and my yeah. corner's yelling at me. So I actually put my hand up just to listen to my corner. But they took a picture at that moment. Yeah. It looks like a, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it actually has has like a Sun Tzu quote. It's like, um, when the opponent is strong, be weak. When you are weak, be strong. It's one of those. Uh, yeah. But it's like a, it's a poster people. Mm. I guess buy. It's crazy, yeah. and they translate that to like in Polish. Like oh, I'm thinking about something. There's, it's just cool. it's weird how that's just a moment in a match that yeah. that's like the most famous photo from that that's event. That's so cool. Yeah. And then, and I remember I think um, I mean you run across a lot of people, but uh, I remember it was it was another metamorphosis. I went with uh, my boy Uli from Ozomatli, and we, and we shared. I think we gave you a ride, or we jumped in with you, and then we were just talking. You're doing your Portuguese accent, you know, like the Hanato Laranja and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we were talking about you know certain things, you know, the boogeyman. But uh, but you're also big boned, right? I think you said like you're, like you're medically big boned, right? Like you don't yeah. feel pain and stuff like that. Well, as, as normal oh, people, shit. I don't know. Of course, actually, I do feel pain eventually. Emotionally, <laughs> emotionally, <laughs> emotionally, emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what emotional pain yeah, is. Yeah. But, um, I'm dead inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I was dropped in my head as a baby a few times. Maybe that's why. No. Yeah, and, that, and that you're glad that happened. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I'm glad I went through that. <laughs> so how, how long have you been a jiu-jitsu practitioner? Um, 23 years yeah. but I wrestled for 4 or 5 years before that so okay. I have about 30 years of grappling experience wow. and you were in the, the 101 submissions DVD series right remember that I think you were in there oh is, is that it was, like, it was like it was years ago I think when I first started I it was on the mat or on the mat yeah, yeah on the mat I believe so really yeah cool. Scotty the, the, he's the founder of on the mat mm-hmm. Scotty and he was he used to run the Gringo Hotel in, in Rio 
Rio de Janeiro. And it was, that was before I was like purple belt. I went down there and he would, he would just rent out the room, like a, our bed. It was real cheap and a nice in Baja and, and Rio. So that's how I met Scotty. It's funny. So many crazy stories about, see military kids stories and jiu-jitsu stories, fight stories, travel <laughs> stories. Yeah. yeah, it's all traveling. I have, I have mafia stories. I'm not, oh, I'm not, I won't say mafia? names. Or, the game well, mafia? Or? Uh, what, what's that? Oh, yeah. oh, yes. yeah, I had, I had I'll show you later. Yeah, I'll show you later. <laughs> He's been there. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was thinking Italy, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey but, you know, we appreciate your time, man. Um, we just want to let you go. We don't want to keep you no, all day. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in no rush. You're in no rush? All right, oh. man. Um, well, let's keep on going. Then. Keep on going. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about the business here. You, yeah. you, you started up with Jocko. Yeah. How'd you meet Jocko? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jocko was with Fabio Santos in a, a long time. So okay. 95 or 96 is when Jocko joined with at Fabio's and it's funny because you know he showed up in, back then because jiu-jitsu was not so well known it was like yeah. UFC one two days and people were like they would give you a, a free lesson and to try to show you how effective it was and Jocko's mm -hmm. like I want to join and they're like well you get a free lesson he goes no I want to join well we'll give you free no I want to pay right now <laughs> okay <laughs> so, so Jocko was straight up he knew exactly what he wanted to do me as well and yeah so and also Jocko was preparing for I always wanted my jiu-jitsu to be effective in a fight. Not saying this works all the time and you can never lose a fight. Correct. I'm saying geared towards what if someone was actually trying to hurt me because martial art implies some type of conflict or war or combat. Martial. Mm -hmm. Martial law, martial whatever. Yeah. Okay, So martial arts. Mixed martial arts is the encompassing sport that involves everything. But Jocko and I, we always had that, that realism we, we would have in mind. So... But eventually, 2007, we opened this gym. It's huge. Was it 25,000 square feet? It's an old racquetball court. So each of the original racquetball courts is like we have a crossfit room. A crossfit room, being all, as high as it is, a racquetball court. I mean, it's really well constructed. It's bigger than most crossfit gyms. Mm -hmm. And we have two kickboxing rooms. We have three giant mat areas. We have we have um, we have one full cage. It's not regulation size of UFC, but it's an octagon. We have two boxing rings. We have nice it's it's a good environment and right. it, in my opinion it blends uh the two worlds of a big gym with the smaller club environment where people know each other's names Sweet. because it's hard to get that middle ground yeah it does because now that you're big you don't know everybody you just see one person maybe once a month but yeah, yeah. we walked out just right now yeah it was just real close people were talking to each other it's just yeah it, it has a homey feeling i was impressed by the first floor i didn't even know there was a second floor <laughs> yeah and I, and I was like holy shit this place is huge um, so, yeah, MMA, uh, Jim, who are some of the um, well-known MMA stars that train here? Did Jocko talk about Taylor yet? No. He didn't, we didn't mention it. Taylor. Tombstone Taylor. <laughs> What's he, 4-0 right now? All, all knockouts. And he's, he's, a, he's a very accomplished, uh, nationally ranked um, all-American wrestler from Oregon. Mm -hmm. Lives down here, of course, in sunny San Diego. Can't go wrong here. His striking just took off. It, he hits really hard. He's, he has natural instincts. His submission awareness is really good, too, for a wrestler. I mean, being a wrestler is not bad. It's, it's a good background to have. Mm -hmm. But the same as if I was to make a boxer into a kickboxer. A kickboxer wants to have good boxing, actually. Yeah. But if they cannot change how they stand and they can't uh, lose their head movement the same way, they're going to run into knees and, knees and stuff like yeah. that. But if they keep all the boxing habits, the good ones, and correct the, the, the few bad habits, boxing is good for kickboxing. Wrestling, also, some wrestlers, they get so ingrained in the idea of you cannot be on your back, you can't do this, 
that it's hard to unteach those certain tricks. That's why I was saying he he got rid of those within within a year. So now wow. his arm position is legit. Um, he's the type of guy I hate, I hate to admit this. He just I didn't actually skip belts with him, but almost he was just he just so he was learning so fast and just dominating people. So it was it was insulting to keep it at blue belt. It was wow. an insult. It was an insult to keep him at blue belt. Really? Not even him, but other people. I'm sure, right? Oh, the guys yeah. were just like, "What the hell is this guy?" You know, yeah. yeah. Mike, you know. So, so yeah, he's one of those guys, and, and because of a military kid, and Jocko's my homie, we have we have a lot of uh, military terms. I call them combat promotions. Time and grade promotions. You know, yeah. you, you got the guy who's contributing, but and he's teaching good, and yeah, eventually he can get a black belt. You know, but, yeah. but not by combat promotions. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, work so, your way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you 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 get it, guys, and you know that on the battlefield they they get promoted because yeah. they yep. you know it's it's like it's just different it's still a rank but mm-hmm. yeah so so he got basic a basic fast couple of combat promotions so he's really good we we had here uh, a lot of fighters that are, are now retired and stuff I mean, when i was fight, fighting in usc was 2007 through, through 9 i was top 5 ranked in my division 185 i used to make 185 by the way <laughs> i used to um i used to fight in pride which is in japan mm-hmm. and that uh, I, I almost got in hot water, f- water for saying this, but it's kind of true. Yeah, when I was fighting there, oh, not because I was fighting there at the time, but <laughs> it, it was more popular than UFC, mm-hmm. really. 2005, yeah, for it, it changed in 2006. I transferred at the right time. Yeah. 2006, I transferred. But they were saying like it was more real over there. That it was, yeah, uh, it was that. just more of a magical, crazy environment that it just it felt like you were like, it felt like fiction when you were fighting there. It, mm-hmm. you, you felt like a cartoon character. Yeah. Really? I didn't mean, yeah. So yeah. there, there's a lot of people who a lot of fighters who don't want to fight in the UFC. Like right now, I know Bellator is trying to come up again. Yeah. I, know, I know, I know all the. You know what? Though? I'm, I'm not a. Even if UFC heard this, they wouldn't get too mad at me. It, I, I used to fight for UFC when they were like, if you have, if you want to put Bob's Barbershop on your shirt, no problem. You could have. Yeah. yeah. And then it became to where okay, they have to pay this. I don't know. I forget how many tens of grand to be on your shorts, and then they and then that that cut off eighty percent of sponsors already. But you had the bigger ones still, like fighters were identifying themselves with certain brands, like like Vita Belfort was um, what was that? Give me a break. Just right on the tip of my tongue. It, the, the brand was associated with him. B Japan had his brand associated with him. Oh, okay. uh, GSP had his brand. You know, it was uh, Under Armour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's I, I see the direction they're going. They want to have everyone in the same uniform, but people had their own identity yeah. with mm-hmm. with their their fight wear and and because. Well, that was the justification. Oh, you know, um, we, we may not pay as much, but you, you get like three times wow. what you'll, you'll make in the fight from your sponsors. Yeah. And then they took that away too. Yeah, so, I think like Cowboy Cerrone was sponsored by Budweiser. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so it, all this stuff, it, yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's true because people used to take their banners, whatever. It's not yeah. like it's not and like you could walk in nowadays with like this. You no, would have cannot. to hold a... Yeah, yeah that, that, that other green can, right? So you have to walk in with that. And you can't walk in with this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah some guy, I forget who was, he, was it his underwear? Uh, he, somehow, when he was fighting, I believe it was, I think it was underwear. It was some piece of clothing he was not supposed to have on. And that brand showed in the middle of his fight, and they got in trouble for that. What? His underwear, though. Find him? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. probably. So, so before, wow. before we get sidetracked again, um, how, how did you get your name, Boogeyman? I actually didn't like the name at first, but but it's yeah. Thanks you know, for bringing you, it up. You, thanks you, for no, no, it up, no, no, Alex. First, no, it's fine. No, it's because you realize at some point you, it's really lame to come up with your own na- name. Mm-hmm. You can't come up with your own name, and I, I don't want to be the one to criticize. But hey, we're talking about it. It's like 
when I was young, you had to do something to get a nickname. Now everyone, yeah, everybody, yeah. they're they're zero and zero, and, and they're, they're they're called the dominator or something yeah, like that. Not you know? That's your username. And, that's like, right. and also, if you're called the dominator, people want to see you get dominated. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dominator yeah. lost. Yeah, bro. Yeah. he's not. Yeah. You know? But if you have a silly name like the Boogeyman, it's like you know, even if I lose, it's no pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, the name came about maybe partly off truth. I'm not sure. My first fight was in King of the Cage in the year 2000. Wow. And back then, I was I was I was upper ranked in California in jujitsu, so people knew who I was at the moment. And um, so I showed up to fight. This was back in the day when you showed up and you fought. And they go, oh, "Your opponent, he's uh, he's injured, he, he or he's sick. He didn't show up." I'm like, "What?" I've been training for like two months for this guy. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to knock out my my V card. I want to get it. I, I want to do it. You know, I want to fight. And they're like, "Well, okay, we'll pay you the five hundred bucks anyways." I'm like, "No, I want to fight." And like, okay, well, we'll find someone for you. So they would go in the crowd and find guys who were sure. wanting to fight. And I guess the people were like, "I'll fight in it." The owner's name was Terry. Terry, I'll fight. I'll fight. All right, I'll fight anyone. All right, you're in. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you for the experience. Thank you for the opportunity. Who am I fighting? You're fighting a guy named uh, Dean Lister. You know, Terry, my arm's actually bad. Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, so apparently they went through four or five guys in the same day like that. And no so shit. It's called the boogeyman. I scared him. Yeah, but scared him. I don't know. It might be embellished. It might be more. It might be less. Maybe it's a complete lie. I don't yeah. know. But somehow... That name was That's given not, to me, and it's just uh, a silly name. What would yeah. you name yourself if you if you had a choice, like to give yourself a name? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want to have a name. Uh, <laughs> El Superman. No, you can't. You know, you El can't. Cucuy give taken. El Cucuy is taken. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, actually, I like the Cucuy. And, and then the Bishop Papao is it, uh, pa, Papao is Portuguese. Every every uh, culture has a boogeyman. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a cultural thing. Yeah. Every, everything has. And Baba Yaga is yeah. like, that's Russian. Baba Roga is Croatia, and El. But I think. In in Spain and across Europe, you had, you had uh, Pedro Negro, Pedro like, Negro, like, uh, fart? black fart, black black Peter, oh Pedro, 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 that's that's scary Pedro. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's messed up. Should have been in the car on the way down. We're gonna wrap it up soon. But a question that we all we're we're our podcast right now. We're trying to promote better businesses, right? I understand you're you um you know you grew up as a military brat, but you're doing what you love. I mean, this is a long career. What, what advice would you give somebody who's trying to start start something that something that they have passion for, but they're scared? They're like, you know what? I don't want to get okay. into it. Uh, because we this could be an hour-long conversation itself, but <laughs> the one most important thing, because first of all, you have to find something you like and see, honestly, if you really think you have real talent in it, mm-hmm. right? Well, that helps. I'm not saying you have to, but to make money, it's going to help to be talented in that. So if you have talent and something you like, you are very fortunate, really fortunate. Now... You need to have some kind of insurance where don't just quit your day job. You know what I'm saying? Don't quit your day job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I, up until I went to Abu Dhabi, I graduated college, and I was I was back to in the military. My dad's like, hey, son, looks like this uh, jujitsu thing is working out pretty well for you. So I gave it more time, and eventually I'm doing this full time. Nice. But I was ready. I always had a backup plan. Yeah. Backup, simple. I'm not saying, yeah don't, yeah, don't quit your day job. Yeah. But have a secondary plan because if if I actually had somehow – been not been medically cleared in the USC, I, I would have I could have still gotten a, a different job. Something could have happened where I, I always had a second option, and it's almost like insurance. If you're wearing your seatbelt and you have insurance, you don't you don't usually get in car accidents. But if you're not wearing your seatbelt, you have no insurance. I don't know why yeah. some old lady hits you, and, and yeah. you know, it always happens. Right? Yeah, it always some old happens. lady hits you, and it's like you know if I had insurance. But yeah. So so I think it's 
It's like better to have and not need. Than there we go. That, that's another way of saying yeah. exactly the same thing. So some people, they go, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, and, and something bad happens, inevitably. I'm not trying to sound negative. Um, and they're kind of lost now. Yeah. So put all their eggs in one basket. It's all cliches now. Yeah. But Which I think great. that's important, even though it's, it's just a, a slightly ugly reality. But in today's world, you have to have several options. That's, that's awesome. my opinion. You have to be uglier. Uglier, <laughs> you know, uglier helps. And this is not what you did. You did you expect this when you were growing up? Like this is what I'm going to do. I knew be I was a fighter. Do, I know I was I was going to do jujitsu for my life. I knew really? that. Yeah. Um. I was wanted. I, I thought I, would, I thought I would be high level eventually, but I thought I was going to be. I was my dad. I was I was going to join right up like, enlisted in the Marines or, or the Navy. I say Jocko at the same time. It's like, it's like, <laughs> He's like Dean, almost Marines, enlisted Lister. Like might be second. You know, yeah. so. um, but, um, um, but, but I, I always had that like that 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 game plan, and then it turned out to where this is something I like to do, and people want, wanted to start learning from me, and I started having students. I won two thousand three absolute Abu Dhabi, yeah. and then people were just. My classes went from having like ten people a class to fifty, sixty people a class, mm-hmm. and, but any hour of the day. People just come up. Wow. And so it's kind of like it just, it just guided itself that direction. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah I want to thank thank Dean for uh, being a, a guest on the Armbar podcast. You know, um, you can learn a lot from the military, even if you're a brat, <laughs> you know. Get, oh, your, yeah. get the shit beat out of you, and then you want to take jujitsu. <laughs> so, or or survive Panama there you go. during survive the invasion. Yeah. This guy earned his combat action <laughs> before I, know, right? I did. Yeah. He was eight years old, right? Yeah. Well, he was eight years old, man. God, yeah. No, thirteen, right? You were in there, thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah, 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 eighth, yeah, yeah, eighth, eighth grade, right? Eighth grade. Eight somewhere. It was an eight somewhere. Whatever. So thanks a lot, Dean. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate you being here today. Yeah, be here. Thank you. So this is Vic signing off from the Armbar Podcast. Alex. This is Mike. Thank you for listening. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers.